Welcome to the Path and Focus podcast, where we record ourselves building a wildfire technology company. I'm Jonathan Bowers, a software developer turned entrepreneur, and today I'm joined by my guest co-host, Ave, one of our internal developers who's helping build the Beacon app. Hello, I'm Ave KV Storman, and I'm one of the software developers for the two-story robot team, and also one of the designers for Beacon. Yeah, so um, Kayleen can't join us today. Uh, she's had some delays in her move. But thankfully, we have you to join us today, which is so wonderful. Um, you're now in Toronto, and you spent your summer in Alberta. Uh, what takes you to Toronto? Uh, I think we needed to get away from Alberta for a bit. So we were living in a, a small community called Elkwater in a provincial park called Cypress Hills. Um, and we were staying at my partner's cabin. And... Eventually, after a few months of isolation, we kind of got sick of sick of being in the woods. So we just needed a change. Um, I'm originally from Toronto, so came back here and still not too sure what we're going to do in a few weeks, but we're figuring that out. Nice. And so you spent the summer in Alberta, which you moved there from, from Vancouver. What was your experience like in Alberta um, and did you have any wildfire problems or scares? We were fortunate enough not to have any wildfire scares, um, although I felt like I was very tuned in to the BC wildfire news this summer because all of you guys are, are in the interior. We did get smoke from the BC wildfires, though. It got pretty smoky where we were. Um, we also have, since we're in a provincial park and it's lots of forest and trees. The fire hazard all summer was high and extreme. So that was that was interesting. I think there was a fire ban for most of the summer for the campers out there. So in the past, have you spent any time thinking about wildfire before starting with us? No, no. Like growing up in Toronto, I didn't really even know what a wildfire was. It seemed very foreign to me. I moved out to the coast about five or six years ago, and that's when I learned that it was a huge problem, especially on the West Coast. And over the past few years, like living out in Vancouver and Alberta, uh, it seems like it gets worse and worse every year. Um, so that's, yeah, this is the first year where I even had to think about potentially having an evacuation plan. And I thought it was really interesting, at least, uh, for Alberta, I found it really hard to figure out uh, where to find information about about that stuff. I felt like that information wasn't very accessible. I, I think there's still lots of people, even in the interior of BC, who don't know where this information is. Because it is kind of confusing. Depending on where you live, there's all sorts of different jurisdictions that deal with this stuff. And they, they overlap in funny ways. Like uh, health advisories come from your health region which would be different than if there was a evacuation order or notice that would come from the regional district or the community that you live in. And you just kind of have to keep track of all of these different places to, to look at. If you've not thought about it before, it's hard to figure out what needs to happen and where you need to look. Yeah, I kind of assumed I would get a text message or something like from the city or the province being like, you need to evacuate. But I don't think that's the case for a lot of people or a lot of towns. No, I don't think that our emergency broadcast system can uh, target that small of a region. They can't target a specific city or a specific region with that thing. I think that's province-wide. Mm -hmm. um, so what were some of the things that you were involved with on 
path and focus, like in development and in design, because you're, you're doing mostly development, but you've also taken on a bit of design tasks, which I'm extremely grateful for. Um, what were some of the things that you were responsible for doing? So I mostly worked on the beacon product of Path and Focus, and I helped design the the two pages that Beacon is currently. So I took your sketches, Jonathan, that you did, and I built them out. So that that was really fun, challenging though, and I learned a lot along the way. For example, when I'm I'm not a professional UX UI designer, so I didn't realize I had to like think about edge cases and things like that. So those are a lot of things that I missed when I did the initial designs for Beacon till I got to development and started building out some of those components and realized, oh wait, I didn't think about these cases and how it would look to a user. What's an example of an edge case? Like if if you're in tech, you know what an edge case is, but if you're maybe not in tech, um, what's an edge case? So for Beacon, one of the first things I noticed is if there is no data, for example, for today, if there's no weather data showing up or there is no danger restriction yet that it has been calculated, um, what does the user see instead of, of a number? Um, so that's an example of, of an edge case. Um, or if there's any errors, like what does, what does that look like to a user? Um, so yeah, things that I didn't consider. <laughs> yeah, it's fun in design because often you're designing around the perfect scenario. And it's that's really fun to do because you're like, this looks so great. And then you take those designs and apply them to the real world. And you realize, oh, these like the names of things aren't Jane Doe. <laughs> they're, they're really long or uh, yeah, in this case, there's no, there's no weather sometimes. And so how do you, how do you design for that? But those are things that, that you start to learn as you've had a lot of experience in design. Um, and you haven't done a lot of design in the past, although you, you've done some design. I've done mainly print design. So I have designed like print magazines and, and print books. But other than for kind of like random school projects, I've done very, very little tech design, uh, like product design. So yeah, still learning. <laughs> yeah. And how did you feel about being asked to take on that almost lead design role for specifically for Beacon for this product? Um, I thought it'd be interesting. I, I knew it'd be a challenge, but I kind of wanted to take it on mainly because I'm interested in learning that side of product development. I also knew I would have support. Jonathan, like you kind of came up with the, the foundations, like the building blocks of, of Beacon. And it was me that just had to kind of take those ideas and polish it. So I, I like that teamwork aspect of, of design. Yeah, I like that a lot too. And it's, again, something I'm very appreciative of from you is that you were able to take some rough sketches and turn those into like lots of different options. So I thought you did a really good job of executing as a designer, even though you you know didn't have as much experience as you might have wanted and felt a little bit uncomfortable with it. But it was, it was really helpful for us because there's, there's only so many people that really want to take on design in the first place, particularly in tech. Like I find a lot of developers just don't want to, right? It's not their strength. It's not something they're super interested in. And that's fine. Um, but there's always a need for some design. And one of the things that I found like a great asset in design is when somebody understands how the implementation and how the technical side is going to work. And so you can, especially now that you've had some of this experience, anticipate some of those edge cases 
from an implementation perspective and know like, oh, this this is going to be weird to implement in this way. Uh, so maybe I can design around that or come up with some other options or just anticipate some of the some of the edge cases with a little bit more completeness than somebody who maybe doesn't have some of that technical skill. So I was really excited to see how you were able to leverage some of your development experience into the design side of things. And I think it worked really well. Like you've come up with some good ideas and done a really good job of, you know, iterating on your own, like just taking the initiative to come up with a bunch of ideas. And, the, and that's that's been really great. Yeah, to kind of add to that, I liked being both developer and designer, especially for one of the most recent edge cases that we found is when there is no danger class for the current day, it won't be calculated till later in the day. And as someone who was very familiar with the code, I knew that there's different ways to like show that message to to users. But I feel like I knew what like the easiest way was I was able to design the easy way. Yeah, I like that too. Like that's a great skill for us to have just as a team in general, but also as an individual to be able to, you know, recognize that, okay, this, there's a scenario here that exists. Uh, maybe the best solution is going to take a lot of time and a lot of design and a lot of effort. And maybe there's something that I can do right now that still helps us accomplish our goals is a lot easier to implement, doesn't require a whole ton of design. And then you can just implement it right away. Uh, that's, I think, a real strength of ours is being able to be adaptable. And yeah, I, th I think that's a good example of that. Um, were there any specific challenges, you know, from a design perspective around visualizing a lot of that stuff? Like we had a lot of discussions around what <laughs> to put on the screen. Yeah, people out there that are just data visualizers. Um, I have a lot of respect for them because I think it is extremely hard. I don't think we've implemented these features yet, but we were thinking about adding more kind of weather data into the app and visualizing that weather data. And there's so much that you can do with that. And uh, it was challenging to try to figure out which information is important to our audience. Like I, as like just not a fire person think temperature and precipitation is the most important but for a firefighter that might be that might be very different so figuring that out I felt was challenging um, and then because beacon is mainly for your phones so figuring out how on such a small screen to display all this information in not a confusing way or an overwhelming way was was difficult I feel like I'm still figuring that out <laughs> I mean, I like the challenge a lot. Uh, I agree with what you said that like certainly data visualization is its own thing. I think some of the challenge that we have is that we're also bringing data into the application and making it interactive. Um, you know, we're sort of mixing data visualization with features of the application. So it's not just being able to look at a bunch of data and extract information from it, but how do you interact with that? How do you use that to drive decision-making in a sort of seamless way and in an interactive way and in a way that uh, feels nice, <laughs> feels <laughs> feels joyful? It sounds goofy to say like, yeah, we just want it to be a little bit of joy. Um, <laughs> but that's what I want. Like I want, I want the software to be not a pain in the butt to use. And I think we've got some ideas that make that uh, make that reality possible. I definitely used a lot of weather apps for inspiration. I downloaded like six of them. Did you? <laughs> a lot of them I found are fairly similar. And 
some of them show a lot more information than I'd like, and some of them don't show quite enough. Um, I'm always worried, though, like taking inspiration and having it influence too much of your own work. So that that was kind of challenging. I'd sometimes have to like look at things and then like take a step back for a few days and then go back to design to see. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Like, it is a hard balance. Like, you have to get inspiration from other things. You you just have to, right? People have solved problems. So go and see how they solve those problems and, and see, one, if they're relevant to the way we need to solve them. But, you know, there's only so many ways that you can, like, make things. <laughs> like, there's just going to be some experiences that, that feel the same as others. And that's good, right? Because you lean on those behaviors and those patterns that people have developed. Um, but there's this notion in software development that I think a lot of people that aren't familiar with software development find quite strange is that we Google a lot of things. Like we search for everything because everything has probably been solved by someone else. So we just look to see how they've done it. And Think like, yep, that makes sense. And I'll use that approach in my code. And I think the same applies to uh, UX design a lot of the times. Maybe not some of the visual specifics, like these are the colors we've decided to use. Like some of those specifics uh, we don't copy outright. But there's a lot of leaning on the work of others that happens that I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand. But it's it's good, though. I think it's helpful because it just we, we all move each other forward. Right. If we've if we've come up with something really interesting and really novel, maybe one day, maybe somebody will come and download our app and be like, oh, I like the way they've done this. And I'm going to copy that idea and use it over here. Uh, but like that's all just this big mixing pot of ideas that gets stirred together and we grab what's meaningful to us. And it's it's great. It's awesome. Um, is there some upcoming features that you are excited about? So right now, Beacon, when you open the app, you see a list of weather stations and it doesn't give you any other additional information. It's just a list of weather stations. One of the things we initially designed was to have the current danger rating right next to each of the weather stations. So when you load up the list, you can see and you can click on the stations that you're interested in. Um, and, and see what is, else is happening instead of having to click on each weather station to see what the restrictions are and what the danger class is. So I'm hoping that will be out one of these days. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a term for it. But but the idea that you, know, you, you try to bring whatever information is most relevant to the user sooner in the experience rather than making them they have to search and hunt down for it. Like you don't technically need it, right? You can still get all the information. It's just more work. Um, so being able to surface more of that information sooner, I think adds to the adds to the joy factor of things, even if it's just small. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, we haven't really discussed this, but maybe this will be farther out in the future, is instead of it being a list, maybe there's like a map feature where you can see all the weather stations on a map. Um, as a person who doesn't know any of these fire stations, it's nice to have that context of geography. But maybe a person who works out in the bush doesn't really need that. I don't know. Well, I had thought that we wouldn't need a map. My suspicion was that people know where the stations are. They're just used to them. They know that, oh, that whatever name of a station, that's where I'm working. Like, I know where that is. Um, and they've internalized a lot of that. But having some conversations with some folks and realizing that they haven't internalized every single station in BC and 
especially, you know, this fire season where the interior was so extreme, they just couldn't work. So they were going elsewhere to work where it was safer and not being familiar with those places at all. Um, so, you know, I think it helps the professional know which station is the one that I should be looking at. Cause right now I'm looking at this list and I have no idea where they are. Um, yeah, I think that would be helpful. Yeah. Well, I've been really grateful for having the opportunity to work on this project. I think it's really neat and interesting and I feel like it'll do a lot of good for a lot of people out there. And as a fairly new developer, um, I feel very proud of the stuff that we have all done on Beacon. Yes, that's wonderful to hear. I agree. I think you should be proud. It's great work. Um, where can people, if they're interested in finding you... <laughs> <laughs> Where should people come to like find you? Yeah, you can reach out to me at the Path and Focus Twitter. Um, oh, that's a good idea, which is at Path and Focus. It's pretty easy. Um, well, uh, thank you, Ave, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, Jonathan. You've been listening to the Path and Focus podcast. Find and review us wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week.